The Living Traditions Festival is back Friday, May 17th through Sunday, May 19th at Washington Square Park in downtown Salt Lake City. You will find a global food court, live music, performances, art, workshops, Bohemian Brewery, and stuff for kids. Full disclosure, this is my favorite Salt Lake Festival. For details and to see the full program, visit livingtraditionsfestival.com or find them on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. 874 inches and counting at Alta. The snow has been absolutely relentless this winter. And don't get me wrong, we need it. And some of us even love it. But you know what they say about too much of a good thing. It's Thursday, April 6th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Evan Thayer, you are a meteorologist and one of my favorite Twitter snow forecasters. We all want to know, will it ever stop snowing or is this our life now? It will stop snowing. I can promise you it will stop snowing. Uh, It may start again a couple of times, but eventually it will stop. Well, you posted this Twitter poll on Tuesday, which I thought was really funny, um, because you asked if people wanted to keep snowing. And out of more than 1,100 votes, 56% of people said yes. Who are these people? Where do you stand? Are you a yes or no? I am so conflicted. Why? So the skier and the meteorologist and the statistician in me wants to see it continue to snow and wants to see us obliterate records (laughs) and I want to ski more powder. But the dad in me and the human in me who knows that a lot of people are dealing with a lot of issues because of the snow is I want it to stop. I mean, at what point do you say enough is enough? So I see both sides of the issue and I'm conflicted. I'm very, very conflicted. So when I'm forecasting these storms, Part of me wants to be excited for powder and more snow and going after these records and setting new records. And part of me is like, okay, this is getting crazy. We need a break and we need spring. Mm. Yeah, such is life. Well, we saw something surprising from your Twitter colleague, Jim Steenberg, also known as Professor Powder, previously Wasatch Weather Weenies. He's had a lot of pseudonyms, but... He's an atmospheric scientist, and over the weekend, he was like, I can't believe I'm saying this, gang, but we need this to stop. Right. So setting aside our despair, why should we be worried about all this snow? Uh, Because it's unprecedented. And whenever you get into this outlier territory, things we've never seen before, there's issues that can happen that we're just not used to. And one of that's snow loading, and that's the obvious thing. That's avalanche danger, instability in the snowpack. And... Part of the concern is, yeah, we know where like the problem areas are and we can do avalanche mitigation there, but it's still a hazard. But right now we have so much snow in places that aren't typically avalanche prone that we can't mitigate everything. And the other concern is buildings are not built to withstand this much snow. And we're seeing roofs collapse in Park City and we're just seeing infrastructure issues because like literally nothing is designed for this much snow. Well, I was surprised to hear you say that the skier in you wants it to keep snowing because I would think the skier in you is very aware of avalanche danger 
And it seems like all this snow is kind of cutting the season short because the resorts can't even open. There's more powder to it. I mean, you can go and ski today and you can ski inbounds. And because of ski patrol and avalanche safety teams at the resorts, you can ski safely at resorts today. But in Little Cottonwood Canyon, where it just keeps on snowing and it's especially avalanche prone, the resorts can't open. So you're right. It is at some point you're like, okay, maybe this is too much. But still... For me, any storm is better than no storm if you're looking for powder, and really, that's my goal. Yeah. Well, what is it about the way that this snow is coming down that makes it so dangerous? Because we've had big snow years in the past. It's just the sheer quantity. We have had big snow years, but have we had this big of snow years? Um, I'm not so sure, and there's just no break. So Mm. typically, if we get a bunch of storm cycles, there's a week or two where the snow settles and it becomes more stable. Right now, there's just, we're not getting more than 24 to 48 hours between storms. So the snowpack has no time to settle. So we get another storm and it's still an unsettled snowpack and much more likely to slide. Yeah. Or destroy your roof. Right. Or destroy your roof. You don't have time to get up there and wipe it off. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about flooding because down here in the valley, that feels like the biggest anxiety is what could all of this snow mean for spring, summer? Right. Where's your head at on that? It's a concern. I mean, we have beaten the record from 1983. And 1983 was the year they had basically the State Street River going through downtown. The Great Flood. The Great Flood of 1983. So you're thinking, okay, if we're beating these records, then this year is going to be even worse, right? Well, not necessarily for a couple reasons. First of all, we have better infrastructure for diverting water than we did then. But secondly... That winter was huge, but it didn't peak. Like, the snowpack didn't peak until May 21st. So it just kept getting deeper. Very, very unusual for the snowpack to get deeper and deeper, especially at mid-elevations, that deep into the spring. And then it warmed up to the 90s all of a sudden. So it was, like, incredible heat after an absolutely absurd late spring snowpack. So it was, like, the perfect storm for flooding. So I'm not saying that's impossible, but... I think that's unlikely this year. Okay. Well, I looked up the average temperatures in Salt Lake in April because I will say the thing about seasonal depression is that it really affects your memory. Like, I couldn't actually tell you what it was like last April, but the internet told me it's usually between 58 and 66 degrees. So in the simplest possible, like, I'm not a science guy terms, why is it still snowing so much right now? You know... We get into these patterns where every April, it might be an average of, you know, 55 to 60 degrees every day in April, but usually that's a roller coaster. That's, you know, troughs that are bringing cold air. So it's going to be in the 30s and 40s, and you'll get that for a few days and a few storms. And then it goes to a ridge, and that's usually when we see warmer temperatures and drier weather. I know in late March last year, it was... I think we had a series of 78, 79, 79 in Salt Lake City. So it can get very, very warm. So that average is kind of a mix of cold and warmth. But right now we're just stuck in a troughing pattern. And that's why it's keeping it cold persistently through all of winter and now into spring. Yeah, like you reminding me of that. I do remember last spring we had the problem of things started blooming and then we got snow. And I remember trees in my neighborhood were just like craned over to the ground and farmers were stressed about crops. And I mean, it wasn't great then either. It was just a different kind of bad. Yeah, uh, I guess 
if there's any good news from this, it's that not much is blooming yet. Whenever posture comes up in conversation, we all do that thing where we immediately sit upright and pull our shoulders back. Did you do it just now? I did a movement session with Chandler at Embodied Patients, and after a few gentle corrections, I was surprised to find sitting up straight is incredibly easy. Chandler's practice combines over a decade of study in yoga, Pilates, and the Alexander Technique. So why should you invest in your posture? Let's start with the link between better posture and better breathing. Whether you're returning to activity from an injury, looking to manage pain, or just have the sense things could be a little easier, Chandler will teach you to create sustainable movement habits so that you can enjoy the things you love for longer. Maybe that's running marathons. Maybe it's walking the dog. Visit embodiedpatients.com to book a session with Chandler and give yourself the gift of your own attention. Spring is when leases expire, and if you're looking for a new or better apartment situation, here's the scoop at Ico Fort Union. Fort Union is Ico's newest build in Cottonwood Heights off 1300 East and 6720 South. And as they say in real estate, location, location, location. Ico Fort Union puts you 10 minutes from the mouth of Big Cottonwood Canyon and central to all the Fort Union shops and restaurants. But the complex is located on a dead-end street, so you get peace. Ico Fort Union offers studio, one, two, and three-bedroom apartment homes, plus these very cool three-bedroom work-live apartments. So if you're starting something new, you can live above your business space. Amenities include a pet spa, a spin loft, a bike hub, and EV charging stations. And they are signing leases right now. So visit liveatfortunion.com for a tour. I have to tell you, one of the reasons I'm surprised by all of this snow is because my assumption is that it's lake effect snow. But I was under the impression that the shrinking Great Salt Lake meant less snow, less lake effect. It's lake effect snow. I mean, I actually skied with Jim Steenberg, who you mentioned earlier, last Saturday. We had a great powder day together, and we were talking about it. And one of the things we have in common is we are fighting a constant battle against the myth of lake, lake effect snow. Not that it doesn't happen, but so many people attribute our great snow to lake effect when the reality is... Only a few places really benefit from it. And even then, it's only maybe 5% of their total snowfall. As in, the Great mm-hmm. Salt Lake could dry up tomorrow, and we'd still get close to 500 inches of snow at Snowbird and Alta per season. So it's kind of like this myth. But the storm we're seeing right now, um, this week, is a storm that's very, very cold. The water temperatures in the Great Salt Lake are fairly warm, relatively warm. Yeah. So we're actually seeing lake effects. So a lot of what we've seen from Sunday through Tuesday has been lake effect snow to the southeast of the Great Salt Lake. And so the lake is, yes, it's drying up. You're right. And that affects the size of the lake. And that affects what's called the fetch of the lake for generating lake effect snow. So it does make it a little bit less likely for us to get lake effect snow, but it's not impossible. And with these cold air masses that are coming in, cold and stable air masses, we're actually seeing lake effect snow in the spring, which is significantly more rare than in the fall. Okay, so what you 
and Jim are saying to us is stop trying to make fetch happen. Stop. I have I have used that exact joke before. Can that before. be real? Least, yes. <laughs> I will find a tweet in which I have used that exact joke. So I feel kindred spirits right now because that's what I want to say every time I say the word fetch. I'm like jumping out of my skin. Am I a snow gal? No. Am I a mean girls gal? Yes. Yeah. You go, okay. Gwen Coco. <laughs> Well, okay, speaking of extraordinary things, our snowpack is now at 201% of normal. We Utahns love being good at things. Ski resorts reporting the most snow they've ever had. They're breaking records. The Great Salt Lake has risen three feet with the caveat that we need it to go up about 10 feet. But with the uncertainty of climate change, how likely is it we'll have another winter like this? Very likely if you're looking at it over the course of centuries. Um, for us to actually see one in my life, I would say this is about a once in every hundred year type of winter. So probably not in any time in my life, but you know, the, the way things work is we could have a season like this next year because that's just simple chance. And that's how these work, that it is possible in 1981 through 84, Utah had three of their four largest winters ever consecutively. So I think 86 is when the Great Salt Lake reached its peak um, elevation. And that was because they had three years in a row that were similar to this. It is possible we could see this again next year, or it's possible we couldn't see it again for another 200 years. So we just don't know. But uh, you mentioned climate change, and I think it's getting less likely uh, that we're going to see winters like this. And we could see more variability, but I think the overall trend is downward in total snowfall. I have to imagine that climate change makes your job forecasting much more difficult because it seems to be just wrecking the models. Yeah, it is. And it's difficult because when we look at forecasting, we use what's called analogs, which are previous years, previous storms that resemble what we're currently seeing. So we use the past to forecast the future. And mm. the problem with climate change is the past is no longer exactly the same. So we no longer have perfect analogs for forecasting. So it makes it much more difficult for us to predict what's going to happen in the future because we're just not seeing the same set of like base scenario. In terms of the more immediate future, where are we headed between now and say Memorial Day? Anything you're willing to lay out as a prediction? Overall, I can't say because that's just the nature of weather, but I can yeah. tell you that it is finally going to dry out a little bit late this week and this weekend into next week, and we are going to see much warmer temperatures. It should start the melting of low and mid-elevation snowpack, which is good. We want to start that melting. So we are going to see a break and probably the most prolonged break we've seen since beginning of February. Unfortunately, I hate to say it, but it does look like an active pattern may be developing again for mid-month and after, so we could be going back to storms. Well, I guess the 56% of people who want it to keep snowing will be happy about that on your Twitter. Yeah, I will say, though, I think if I did that poll at any other time, I would get 95% saying they want it to keep snowing. So I was even shocked that there are 44% of people out there who are willing to say they want it to stop. That's true. At Wasatch Snow is a pretty self-selecting bunch. <laughs> yeah, we're, if you're following that account, you're generally pretty into snow because almost everybody on there is celebrating it. That's right. Evan Thayer, Utah forecaster for Open Snow, thank you so much for your time. 
I hope you have a great weekend and deep powder, friend. You too, Allie. You too. <laughs> A long winter is a dangerous problem for our unsheltered neighbors. And the other day, Salt Lake Tribune reporter Blake Apgar asked a question that's been on my mind for years now. Why doesn't the LDS Church leverage its meeting houses as overnight homeless shelters? They're in every neighborhood. They've got space, bathrooms, and heat. And it's no secret the church has money. But a spokesperson for the church told Blake that they prefer to use their resources to support other agencies already doing this work. Last year, the church donated to more than 650 organizations in Utah, writing checks for anywhere from a couple hundred to a million dollars. The church's rep also said it wouldn't make sense to convert meeting houses overnight because their primary purpose is as places of worship but that LDS bishops often administer direct aid to churchgoers in a grassroots way. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Happy birthday to my mom. I know you're listening. I love you. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye.